0: Welcome to Icetown Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of NBC's Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. I'm Jacob. And I'm Kirk. And this week we are reviewing Season 2, Episode 12, Christmas Scandal. And I think this puts us halfway through season two. At the very least, yeah. it is the, the break, the Christmas break, if you will. Uh, this episode aired December 10th, 2009. It was directed by Randall Einhorn and written by showrunner Michael Shore. And the summary is, Leslie is falsely accused of having sexual relations with a sleazy Pawnee councilman. Meanwhile, the rest of the office takes on Leslie's work while she deals with the scandal. And Officer Dave has a more has more surprising news for Leslie. This episode opens with the follies, <laughs> um, which is put on by the Parks Department. Which I guess fine. I mean, I don't know that they, the Parks said, that Department is, oh, they okay. said that it oh, rotates. Oh, they said that it rotates between departments.
1: Sense. Yeah, okay. And it was. And she said. She said it's the Parks Department's turn this year to put on the follies
0: gotcha okay because yeah and at first i was like how many numbers is the parks department doing and then i saw at the bottom of the sign that they were the sponsors of the event and i was like okay that makes a lot more sense Um, so was
1: tom trying to do purd here i think so it was not particularly good it was as bad as leslie's dex heart
0: right well, and then there's one thing we see in the background where Jerry appears to be rapping and everyone else is dancing, and we don't really see any audio of that, but I had a lot of questions.
1: <laughs> I had a question about April and how into this she was. Like She was actually like involved and seemed to be having a good time and doing her part. That is so out of character for something as cheesy as Christmas Follies.
0: That is true. I'm not going to say
1: anything negative. (laughs) Oh, I'm not saying that's a negative about April. I'm just saying. But it is
0: out of character. I agree that she was was such a willing participant.
1: Right. She should be in the front row booing Jerry's rap, (laughs) not
2: on stage dancing to it. But, But she wouldn't take sides against the family, right? Like if it was the sewage department, she would have been in the front row booing.
1: I think she takes perverse pleasure in taking sides against the family in things where it doesn't actually count,
2: like the Follies. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So have either of you been to a comedy show like this about local politics in a city? Because I definitely have in multiple states, and they're weird.
1: So when I was an officer of the Dallas County Young Democrats, our fundraiser one year was a roast. Um... Actually, we did this for a few years in a row where the outgoing president would get roasted by members of the board and local county elected officials. Um, We never recorded it because we didn't want to end anyone's careers. Right. And the first year we did it, I had written out my whole routine, making fun of the outgoing president, uh, a, a woman named Jennifer. And I was like the fourth or fifth person to do it, to get up and talk. and. As the people before me were going, I was like, oh, fuck. My thing needs to be a lot dirtier and meaner than it actually is. So I'm sitting there rewriting my bit as I was going. Um, And we actually did that year record it just so she could see it with her boyfriend afterwards. And as I got up to give my little speech, the tape ran out on the video recorder. And I was the only one who knew how to replace it. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to do mine. (laughs) Right, Right. No record whatsoever. The second year, none of the elected officials participated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I've ever been to something like this. If I have, I have forgotten it. I mean, I was a summer camp counselor, and we would do skit night and make fun of the counselors, but right. that's a little more low-key than, than this.
1: It, it, in a lot of ways, this would be as though our table, Katie, from the JJ dinner was on stage, as opposed to being in the back, just making fun of everybody on stage.
0: Right, right. But, like, that could be problematic, as one might think.
2: Wait, you guys made fun of things at a JJ
0: dinner? No, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Without me?
1: (laughs) We do all our best work without you, Jacob.
2: Fair enough. So, in, in Charlotte, when I was there, the, uh... They had what they referred to as a whole video production element to it where they mocked the upcoming mayor's race with a Star Wars theme and digitally inserted all of the characters with lightsabers, uh, all of the candidates as characters. Uh, It's a little weird when people go to quite that extreme on these things, but... uh, They can be a lot of fun when you know the intricacies of, you know, the local politics and characters. Oh, like that's nothing that. is better than an in-joke.
1: That's why people love in-jokes, right? That's why people like our podcast. <laughs> people love sure. our podcast. They, Both love of them.
0: It. Right. Um So Leslie. <laughs> Uh, they've turned Lot 48 into the site of this winter wonderland, which is actually, like, a very clever use of this space, I feel like.
1: And I'm I'm sure Anne and her neighbors really appreciate that, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Maybe it shuts down at, like, 7pm. I don't know. Um, and they all have to do a rotating turn as Santa, um... And Jerry farts into the suit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because of Jerry's flatulence the previous year, yes.
0: Right, right. Um, And Leslie has scheduled a tree lighting, which will be broadcast over internet radio, which I feel like is a joke, except I think that the city that we live in probably does something like that. (laughs) But
1: Do you remember when internet radio was actually a thing? You remember there there used to be a radio... Like thing in the sidebar of iTunes that you would click on, and oh, there'd be like this yeah. list of radio stations, almost all of them at public universities that you could like yes. link up to and listen to the live broadcast from that radio station
0: I do I do remember yes. that actually, yes,
1: it was like the you know last dying throes of radio as as it used to be trying to cram itself into the digital world and yeah. I haven't opened iTunes in a long time, and I don't know if that option is still there.
0: I don't, yeah, I, I also have no idea. As I only listen to podcasts now, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't know. Um, so but we only yes. put out
1: one episode a week. Do you just listen to the same episode over I just, and over again? Yeah, I just listen again? to our
0: episode on repeat until we put out a new episode. Well, if you're going to
1: do that, I would ask you to delete the episode every time you finish listening to it and re-download it to help our (laughs) subscriber numbers.
0: Done. Done. Not a problem. Um, So, April goes to Andy and asks for his help on getting gifts for her gay boyfriend. And so, Kirk, I I wanted to ask you, not because you are my gay boyfriend, but as speaking for (laughs) all gay people, obviously... Should I be getting you Brokeback Mountain DVDs and Assless Chaps for all holidays? Because I I hadn't been, and so I don't. I'm sorry. Andy is
1: Andy is making a very common straight person mistake. Assless Chaps are an Easter present. They are not appropriate for Christmas.
0: <laughs> God, I'm so glad we talked about this.
1: Brokeback Mountain DVDs are evergreen. You know. Okay. Give okay. us that. And a copy of, uh, was it, Crash? Is that the movie that beat it for Best Picture? And a hammer so we can smash Crash while uh, watching the movie that should have won Best Picture that year?
0: I don't, I actually think, I'd have to look. I think that Crash won Crash over won. something. I know it won, but I, I don't it, it, know that it was year. Brokeback Mountain. Oh, yeah? Nope, Kirk's okay. right. Okay, I don't know, I, I, sorry
2: then. I would have voted for Pan's Labyrinth, but yeah, Crash did not deserve to win. Brokeback was much better than it.
0: Um, no, I just want to be sure I got my gifts straight, so excellent. I'm set now. We're good. Um, I also, this happens a bunch over this episode, but April's little looks to the camera, like every time she has a positive interaction with Andy, is just really, they're well great- done.
2: This is a great episode for Aubrey Plaza's side-eye which some of us are big fans of. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, no, it is. She really does it well. It's just, it's understated and it's very fleeting and she's able to convey that feeling that everybody has had at some point that is just, it's really good. Um, And so then Leslie goes to meet Councilman Dex Hart, um, I didn't take a note, what was the pretext for her meeting he with was, him? Well,
1: so she thought he was mad about her impersonation of him at the Follies, it turns out that he was worried because she got too many facts right about his as-of-yet-unrevealed sex scandal. Right. Like,
2: <laughs> like Donna and the nuclear warhead under the White House. Right.
0: Yes. Um.
2: So he
1: got, he got his kid's babysitter pregnant Then had sex with five women during the delivery of the babysitter's child Including a woman whose husband was there getting a liver transplant
0: So this is where my notes say um, Actual elected official in the state of Virginia from time to time was <laughs> When I was listening to yeah. him describe that I was like, "Huh, this sounds familiar." Where you think this couldn't possibly be true, and it turns out to be the real story of someone who was elected to office multiple times in the state of Virginia. So, uh, points for realism, I guess. Parks and Rec. I don't it know.
2: Fortunately, no longer a public servant.
0: Yes. For the moment.
1: So, uh, one thing that struck yeah. me here is that Dexhart is really bad at getting information from people. Like, his strategy for getting information from people is to tell them everything he knows and then hope that they will reciprocate, which doesn't work out very well here, or I would imagine ever, which might be why he constantly gets caught having affairs. Right,
0: yeah, he's definitely not good at hiding any of his actions. Um... And also, I wonder: Do you think he's the kind of person who like calls the tabloids to come to places where he is? It it seems like he thrives off of the negative attention.
1: I imagine yes. the Pawnee Sun has a reporter who is just tasked with following
2: Dexhart around town all the time.
0: Ugh! What a terrible job. <laughs> do we
2: do we think <laughs> Rupert Murdoch owns the Pawnee Sun?
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so, this, the Pawnee son, the tabloid, sees them together, and we get the return of Purred. uh...
1: Though they left separately, no one knows where they woke up together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which really... (laughs) <laughs> Is it used enough? Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I yeah, we've all thought that about our friends before. Right,
0: right. Um yeah, and so
2: we learn
1: in this scene that, that Jacob has some competition for April's affections here, given her very obvious crush on Mr. Perd Hapley. So- right,
2: right. <laughs> that was No, she just wanted to see if she could. There was no indication she was going to go through with it and risk her virginity.
0: (laughs) But also, like, where is that webisode, right, of where April tries to seduce Pern happily?
2: Tries, Katie, tries. Okay,
0: (laughs) where is that webisode where she succeeds in seducing Pern happily?
1: Well, the one where where she succeeds is probably on Brandy Max's website. So... (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, no, that was an amazing April scene where she's just <laughs> sitting there with the with the pen, wants to see if she could do it. Uh, that was definitely my favorite uh, April scene of this episode.
2: Just, yes, the the deadpan to camera when Leslie says, it's not worth losing your virginity over. It's <laughs> just, oh, God, it's what, so funny. It just
1: raises questions about, like... What is the exact status
2: of her relationship with her gay boyfriend? Like, right, it's how true. How does
1: this exactly work?
2: It, it, the, she's been around, she's old enough that her gay boyfriend may not be her first and only boyfriend of her life. They are clearly not exclusive as her gay boyfriend has another boyfriend. This is true. This is true.
0: The thing about youth culture is, I don't understand it. Um, I also really like Andy sharing all the gossip from the shoe shine stand. <laughs> <laughs> People deciding whether they would sleep with Leslie or not. How um, many
1: customers does he have? Right,
0: he's doing well. Apparently, apparently,
1: he owns his own business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, that's that not
2: your situation. <laughs>
0: Um, Leslie has this really great line where she says, I always assumed that I would be the politician and the man would be accused of sleeping with me. Which is just like it kinda comes out of well, nowhere. Also, <laughs> and the man-,
1: man would be the vice president to her as president, so This
2: is literally a Selena Meyer plot line. I know. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> like th- I did I didn't ever imagine we were gonna get a VEEP uh uh Parks and Rec crossover, but here it is.
0: I know. I had the exact same note, not surprisingly, which is like, "Wait a minute! This is a Veep plot line." It makes Spoiler perfect alert. sense because
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense because there's no way that Leslie Nope wouldn't vote for Selena Meyer. Like, Selena right. Meyer is exactly the sort of person that Leslie would vote for for president. Totally, and totally. and wish she could be. Yes, and maybe becomes.
0: Hmm. I agree. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Whoa. <laughs> oh, <my God>. uh. <laughs>
0: Oh wait, so I I wanted to ask you guys, because it, it dawned on me watching this episode, when your candidates talk to the media, do you think that's the same way that I feel when my clients talk to police officers, like we talked about in the last episode?
1: I've worked with a lot of different candidates. Some of them have been very good at talking to the media. Um, others, I mostly talk to the media, mm-hmm. <laughs> because... You know, they were—they're more likely to tell a reporter to fuck off than they were to answer the question.
2: Um,
0: this also them, applies to my job.
2: That's not my nightmare. Them answering the question sometimes is far worse than uh, you know, uh, and what they would say when they answer the question is far worse than telling the reporter uh,
0: to fuck off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the context, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know. It just struck me as like similar. I was watching uh, Leslie start talking to the reporter and I was like, this feels like when I start watching an interview and I'm like, no, no, stop talking. Stop talking.
1: The problem was that Leslie didn't have a communications plan going into this conversation, right? Like you need to know what you're going to say. And then the skill of being a candidate or an elected official or a public servant who's talking to the media, is to answer with what you want to say, no matter what the question is, but do so in a way that doesn't make it obvious that you're doing that.
0: Pivot.
2: Pivot, Yeah. yes. Yeah, I'll say, whenever my candidates talk to the media, I I am nervous because I'm a bit of a control freak, and it's them being in control and not me, and it's just not an emotionally comfortable situation for me ever.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, that's kind of like me during debates for my candidates, where I have to be outside of the room,
0: room. pacing in the
1: hall, tearing at my hair. Yeah. Yeah, nope. I don't,
0: I don't blame you. Um, So, (laughs) then, I really like this part where Ron tries to divide up all of the tasks that Leslie completes in a day um, among the whole team and then Ron and April show up to a meeting where (laughs) Leslie was giving the presentation. I'm really sad we didn't get to see that uh, follow-up scene where Ron has to try and give the presentation.
2: I mean, Ron's little aside of when when he asks April, you know, what it is, and she says it's the, you know, what, auditing review, me- auditing systems review meeting, and Ron just says, kill me now. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> like, God, I can relate to that. I am terrible at meetings. I have yeah, definitely same. noticed
1: as I've advanced in my career that I reach a point where I couldn't possibly do the job that people who work for me do. Yeah. And so I know exactly how Ron feels here. There are people in my office who, if they're not there, I am so glad that there are other people who work with them because I could not fill in for them. I can't even quite figure out how to forward a phone call on our (laughs) phone system. (laughs) (laughs) And Both me and our uh, communications director have on multiple occasions had to have an intern come over and show us how to forward a call on the phone. In our defense, we don't forward a lot of calls, but it's like, definitely, I I, I could see how you end up in a meeting where someone's supposed to give a presentation and you're like, oh, fuck, what am I supposed to do here?
0: No, I don't know how to fax things. Like, I, I know just, how to fax this. Yeah. That's
1: easy. You hand the paper to the intern and say, fax Correct. this to right. someone. Yeah. No,
0: that's, that's what I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: no, I used to work as a paralegal at a law firm, and I am deeply familiar with attorneys and their inability to do simple tasks on their own.
0: It's hard. I have <laughs> to think about difficult things. Come on.
2: A lot
1: of my job involves printing documents. And then signing them and then scanning them into PDFs and sending them back oh, to people. God. I don't really know how to do that middle part, so I just <laughs> handed an in and say, "Scan this to me, and it shows up in my email inbox. and yeah.:
0: uh, So Louis C.K <laughs> is in this episode.: Surprise.: <laughs> Surprise. Uh, Where she shows can? up. Yeah, I know. I don't know. But he uh, tells Leslie that his Army Reserve unit's gotten called up to active duty to, to San Diego. Yeah, do they deploy <laughs> Reserve units from Indiana to locations within the United States? I don't know, but I Feel like the answer is no, but yeah, like, isn't there a San know. Diego
1: Reserve Unit that could probably <laughs> handle whatever, <laughs> whatever emergency has arisen
2: in Southern also, California? San-, San Diego is mostly the Navy and not the Army.
0: Oh, I don't know. No, no. no I yes. just know it's really no. pretty there.
1: That that wasn't a question. Yes, my uncle was in the Navy in San Diego, so like
2: it's it, it, yes, and and Leslie's. Reticence to leave Pawnee. I understand. But I just have to say, San Diego is one of America's best cities. There are a lot of places I would have reticence to move. That is like at the bottom of that list.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. Having just gone on a vacation there earlier this year and was my one and only trip to California... I would move there for, like, a casual acquaintance, much less, like, a person I was seriously dating. Wait, Um,
2: (laughs) that's your only trip to California?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What you really need to understand about San Diego is that it is a beautiful city, but the best thing about San Diego is that it's just a two-hour drive from San Diego to beautiful Riverside, California, the heart of the wonderful Inland Empire.
0: I listened to a really depressing daily episode about Riverside, California today.
2: That was was bad. That was very bad. Um, Very, very bad. The best part about San Diego is that it's not Los Angeles. It has all the good parts of LA without being LA. It's it's one of my favorite places. What are the good parts about LA? The weather. And the Mexican food. Right.
0: So San Diego, which has both of those things.
2: That's that's what I said. It's also about equidistant to Disneyland.
1: Yeah, but it's that that subpar California Mexican food and not like Tex-Mex, which is really the gold star of Mexican cuisine. You're like 10
2: miles from Tijuana, man.
0: (laughs) Tune in for our side podcast. Jacob and Kirk fight about bicoastal Mexican food. Um... Oh, I could really use a taco. That would be <laughs>
1: um, Of course you could. You're awake. Right,
0: right. There's a very sweet moment where Louis C.K. does admit that he's in love with Leslie, and it's it's played well. And,
2: and the army, apparently. And the army, apparently. <laughs> it's kind of a weird question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was shocked when Leslie said that this whole Dexart thing isn't making me feel very attached to Pawnee right now. This is all it takes to shake Leslie's devotion to the city of Pawnee. My God. I mean, the woman might as well be from Eagleton if she has an attitude like that.
0: It's true. It's true. It just shows that even though we are halfway through season two and we have come a long way, that we have not fully developed Leslie quite yet. That she is still a work in progress. Um... So I do like this whole, there's kind of a, there are not really A and B plots to this episode, but there's a smaller plot that goes along with the main plot about everybody getting each other Christmas gifts. And Mark goes to Tom, again, why? I have no idea. But Mark goes to Tom for advice on what to get Anne, because he'd been planning on getting her a computer bag, which like, womp, womp. Come on, Mark.
2: I, yeah, I'm single, and I know you need to do better than that.
1: A computer bag is a perfectly reasonable part of a gift, right? Particularly yeah. if it's something that she's indicated that she wants. Like, that's what you give her to throw her off the scent, and then boom! Here comes the real gift, which is something you thought of out of the blue.
0: Or if it's like a, a case to go around your new iPad Pro, then like, fine. Wait, you know. we're doing
2: iPad Pro commercials
0: now? Um, I did like Tom's whole thing about women and diamonds, and even left-wing chicks who watch Blood Diamond are still like, yeah, bitch, give me one! Because I wanted to be like, that's not true. (laughs) But I couldn't muster a (laughs) full-throated attack on it, so.
2: I do think this next scene is a perfect parody of 24-hour news. Like, it just gets... It gets every bit of what is wrong with our news culture and 24-hour news exactly right.
0: Who's
1: that Fox and Friends reject sitting on the couch next to Joni?
0: Oh, I don't know. I didn't even notice. But, yes. Um, It also was just nice to remember, I guess since, I don't know, maybe nice, maybe horrifying, but to realize that... This all didn't originate in 2016, 2017. Like some of this stuff, we've been dealing with as a culture for a long time. Um, which,
1: yeah, I don't this, know. this 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 <laughs> Dex Hart is making fun of Bill Clinton, not Donald right. Trump, because he's right. just you know a sexual predator and not also a racist. So,
0: ah, oh, the mo- good old days, the in good old most- such
1: an innocent time. <laughs>
2: in in most ways here right like you know the trump factor is a uh, is a result of not a cause of the flaws in our media system right. right right and and so you know this gets at what was wrong and what was exploitable and uh dex hart knows exactly how to exploit it
1: so when they go and get Dexhart and bring him to Anne's house to have this confrontation <laughs> right. with Leslie, I love that as Anne walks in, she just looks at Leslie and says, it was way too easy to get this guy here. <laughs> <laughs> right. People already think we did it. You have nothing to lose.
2: I'm very good.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's... Um...
2: <laughs> I really like that one. I
0: was just saying, he almost, like, really... <laughs> He jumps the shark to being almost somebody that you're like, yeah, Councilman Dexhart. And you're like, how did I get here? So fast.
2: <laughs> well, you, you and all the five women he slept with while his, you know... Uh, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Stop lump me in there.
2: So I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you, it makes you wonder, how did Mark, you know, ever land anyone if Dexhart was out there, you know, it's like this guy is actually good at this, whereas women used to be throwing themselves at Mark in you know, the earlier season for no apparent reason whatsoever.
0: Subplot where Councilman Dexhart and Mark just hit the bars together.
1: Do you think I mean, that was Mark's strategy? Do you think he looked for Dexhart at a bar and just sort of you know, picked
0: over the leftovers? <laughs> picked over the leftovers,
1: yeah. So I drafted behind him as he is making his way through the crowd. <laughs>
0: It is now. That's how I'm going to view this from now on. Yeah, I can't unsee
2: that image.
0: <laughs> um, so then, of course, their little meeting with Dexhart makes it on the news the next morning. Um, which...
1: And Brian Kilmeade there thinks that uh, Anne and Leslie must be lesbians because they're standing close to each other.
0: Right, right. Which reminded me that I'm pretty sure this episode fails the Bechdel test spectacularly, um, but almost on purpose. Like...
1: When every conversation is about Dexheart, it's hard to get anywhere close to passing the Bechdel test.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only interpretation you could have, which I I don't share, would be the conversation between Leslie and Anne about whether Leslie's going to move, but given that it's mostly in the context of moving for a man, I would argue it doesn't count, but they do have a conversation that doesn't really have anything to do with Dexart. I guess she makes allusion to this isn't giving me love for Pawnee, but that's the only thing that tries, ish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's right, but it is like, I mean we didn't go into much detail on it, but the whole like zooming in and, and Leslie's body language and footage that they have dug up is just... I mean, that could literally happen on TV tomorrow. Without any irony, I would not be shocked to turn on CNN and watch something like that happen tomorrow morning without anybody realizing what a parody they've become
2: if there, yep if there were a televised uh press conference if we lived in a country that did such things with the uh white house uh you know uh spokesman uh i they would absolutely do that to sarah huckabee sanders right like th- this is not a partisan thing uh that is just how the world treats women and it's awful right yep
0: Um, so speaking of how the world treats women, the next thing that happens is things start to fall apart in the parks department. Ron gets panicky calls from morning joggers because the raccoons have gotten into the trash because the trash wasn't taken out and they're trying to sort of (laughs) figure out like who, you know, didn't do what task. And I was watching it thinking like, this is how every woman that i know feels like that (laughs) if anybody had any idea what they handled on a daily basis and i'm not saying that this is something that only applies to women or anything like that i'm just sort of saying that in the show is presenting it as look at all of these things that leslie handles that nobody even realizes on a daily basis and in my life experience that applies to so many other women that I know that just sort of, this is almost like a a fantasy of sorts, which is that like, if other people tried to take on all the things that you handle, and then they're like, oh, you do so much, we can't even possibly handle it. It's like, that's right. That's right. I do all of this stuff that you all have no idea about. And it was, it's very satisfying to watch um i don't know
1: so you're saying that happens in the real world it doesn't just happen on parks and recreation and in the united states senate
0: right exactly exactly it extends beyond beyond that as well
2: the patriarchy exactly exactly
0: um so yeah i did i really enjoyed all of this where everybody realized that leslie basically runs like half the government and nobody notices
1: that was probably all going on in the dialogue of that scene that you're talking about. I was just completely distracted by the raccoons out during the daytime and wondering how they actually got raccoons to do that during the day without violating some sort of animal safety ordinances. Like,
0: how did they Maybe they were animatronic.
2: Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, they can't have them near the Christmas festival because they'll hunt the kids for
0: sport.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'd watch that.
1: I would too. Sick. Raccoons are awesome. Um,
0: <laughs> so
1: then Leslie goes on Joni's show. <laughs> right? Yep. And I love the, the Chiron for her literally says, Leslie, nope. Definitely Dexhart's mistress.
0: Um, So I also want to point out, while we were pointing out the plot, this is a Golden Girls plot um, where, I think it's season three, uh, the girls are helping a local elected official and Blanche goes over to deliver some papers. The tabloids take a picture of her in the congressman's bedroom or the, the candidate's bedroom And it's all over the papers. And she's very insistent that she didn't sleep with him. None of the other women believe her. The candidate then does the same thing that Hart does, and says, oh yes, oh. it happened, we slept together, and Blanche is really mad, and then it turns out he was transgender, and that's what he was hiding from everyone, and then it was all fine in the end, because apparently Golden Girls was 25 years ahead of the rest of us. So
1: I remember uh, <laughs> the first part of that plot, I don't remember that being the
0: ending, though. Oh yeah, wow. oh yeah. It's, um, it's a memorable episode, so... Anyway, I just, if we're gonna talk about other plots, I would be remiss if not mentioning that.
1: There was actually um, a lot of LGBT stuff on The Golden Girls It oh, was yeah. handled in a very sensitive and yes. future-looking sort of way.
0: Yes, you know? it, it, they handle those issues better than TV shows today, which is, you know, impressive. Anyway, so, yeah, I just had to mention that. Um, oh, wait, and then we have this town hall scene, which is one of my favorite scenes in all of Parks and Rec. Line. Yes. I found a sandwich <laughs> in one of your parks, and I want to know why it didn't have mayonnaise. <laughs> it's, it might... and, and Ron laughs. <laughs>, laughs. It's not my favorite quote of Parks and Rec, but I agree it is absolutely in the top ten, if not top five favorite lines of the entire series.
2: Yeah, uh, no. It, yes. it it summarizes the philosophy of Parks and Rec in, and the frustrations of working in municipal uh citizen-facing government so well.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh so on Joan Calamezzo, basically, Councilman Dexhart says that he can prove that he slept with Leslie because she has a mole on her left buttock, which prompts Leslie to take off her pants on live TV and show Joan. And lo and behold, she doesn't have a mole, um, which then calls out Councilman Dexhart and. He's forced to admit that he just didn't really think she'd take her pants off on live TV, which shows how little he knows Leslie Nope. Also,
1: this is how politicians like him fail, right? They think they're so indestructible that they think they can just claim provably wrong things and get away with it at some point. Hashtag
2: 2017. Yeah, that would never get you elected. Right.
1: It might get you elected. It'll also get you unelected. Or, if you're the governor of Illinois, often arrested eventually.
2: So, I I, I just want to call out Leslie's You're a Class Act and Congressman Dex Hart's genuine thank you. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he has that attitude. Every compliment is true. Every insult doesn't exist, right? He he only absorbs the good things that he hears about himself.
2: I mean, he is very much an elected
0: official, and uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um. And so then Leslie has to go have dinner with Officer Dave and say that she can't go to San Diego, which is good for the show, but I don't know, Leslie. I don't know if that's the choice I would have made at her current life position, but whatever. So...
1: He describes it, or she describes it, I don't remember, as a fresh start. How fresh of a start is going someplace for 18 months and then coming back? Right. It's like, that's like a really long vacation in which you lose your job and can't, you know, I don't I mean, know. but
0: who knows? Maybe they settled down in San Diego because she finds a new job working for the local, like, Parks department out there, and they get married and they have a kid, and they're like, Oh, it's sunny in '72 all the time, and I'm just gonna walk out onto this beach. And you know, she's with Louis C.K. I don't, I'm just saying, I just, I might have made a different decision.
2: Read Katie's upcoming fanfic about (laughs) alternative parks and rec timelines. I get it, Katie.
1: When I moved out to California to run my boss's campaign back in 2012, I was blown away by how beautiful the weather was and how it was perfect, day in and day out and day in and day out and day in.
0: And day I day know: out That's what my: I have until
1: a it becomes so yeah.
2: monotonous that you just st- scream at the no. sky for rain. No, you're wrong, it doesn't. Seasons are the worst. It always being 72 and sunny, there is enough else in life that changes that life does not become monotonous. You're wrong. The cold sucks.
1: How's Iowa, Jacob?
2: (laughs) Iowa is a phenomenal state. I don't know that people would run me out of town for saying San Diego's weather is better.
1: Iowa is a beautiful state. My father is from Muscatine, Iowa, you know.
2: Beautiful Muscatine.
1: Yes. It's where the Heinz ketchup is from. Or used to be.
2: Like, I have yet to visit uh, Captain Kirk's birthplace in Iowa. I need to do that at some
1: point. Riverside, Iowa.
2: I yeah, I've been there. there.
1: Have you been, Have you played baseball in the field of dreams yet?
2: I indeed I have.
1: Okay, so I'll make sure you've done something in the state that's worth doing. That's what this show's <laughs> about, right, Iola? I,
0: I don't know. It's been about a lot of things. <laughs>
2: okay, so
0: they really <laughs> only kind lit of the, parks.
2: <laughs> they really should have lit that tree without Leslie. Yeah. No. No. Like how how boring was that internet radio broadcast for that hour? while they waited for the impending raccoon scourge I'm sure that
1: the college students who were normally broadcasting on that channel filled the space with very insightful commentary on why pot should be legal or whatever it was college kids were talking about on the radio at their universities in 2009
0: I think all of us were out of college by then so we were old and we don't know
1: that's what we talked about On college radio when I was a student at college. Like, I wasn't on the radio, I was in the newspaper. But I know that that was a topic that was often brought up. Because Kirk
2: wanted to be a part of a forward-looking medium.
1: Yeah. Print media is coming back, I swear.
2: (laughs) I uh... And the beeper. (laughs) Technology's all cyclical.
0: (laughs) I went to school in the middle of Tennessee. We didn't talk about pot legalization. (laughs) We we knew our limits.
1: (laughs) Um, so you've missed the weirdest part about this tree lighting ceremony. They paid to have the actress who plays Leslie's mom show up for this one scene, right? Like, was there another part of this episode where she was being supportive of Leslie through this like public scandal that didn't make it in the final edit or something? It seems really random that they would just have Leslie's mom show up, you know, At this point in the story, when her daughter certainly could have used some pretty good advice uh, earlier in what she was facing. I don't know. It was very strange to me. Yeah,
0: no, I did. I was like, why is her mom there just now? It's very, very odd. I do enjoy April's last little side eye to the camera as Santa Andy gives her a hug. uh,
2: Yeah. I didn't enjoy that one as much. (laughs) Who's Reggie Wayne? He is a now-retired wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts who played at the University of Miami when they won national championships at the beginning of this century. What's a wide receiver? He's one of the dudes that stands far away from the quarterback on offense and who runs and then the quarterback throws the ball to.
0: My brother was one of those.
2: So is that Sorry. like outfield? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Sure. He's like the. uh, I was going to try to make a Quidditch reference, but I'm just going to talk it. In. Okay. Qu- Quidditch is a sport I actually understand. So. <laughs> no! God damn it. We're not doing this again. <laughs> we already did my Quidditch's stupid rant. It's not the time. Um. <laughs> did we do that on the air? All right, you know what? Quidditch is stupid listeners, um, th- this will come
0: up again. Actually, yeah, I'm not going to get into it right now. I did not know you had that opinion, and I'm a little appalled, and I'm making an appalled face at my computer right now, but we'll save that for a separate time, because whatever. Um, I did like Leslie's part about Winston Churchill, and would he show his butt? Yes. Could he? No. My notes have Winston
2: Churchill almost certainly pulled his pants down in a meeting at some point in his life, right?
0: I, yeah, oh, absolutely. That sounds right, yeah. Although I really just picture him as John Lithgow now, so it's very confusing in my head.
1: Well, now there's the new movie coming out where it's Gary Oldman, so... That'll... Oh,
0: well, maybe I'll change it. Um, we have this, I don't know, boring but fine moment between Mark and Anne. She likes the computer bag because I guess she's really boring, and then she gets him Pacer's tickets... And he doesn't have to go... What are... The basketball pacers? Yes,
2: Indeed. Yes.
0: All right. Um, I
2: I I do like his... My second gift to you is that you don't have to go with me to this game. That that, that was funny.
0: Yeah, it's fine. It's cute. It's... I agree. That is
1: my favorite kind of basketball-related gift, so...
0: (laughs) Um... Yeah. And then I think the end of this episode is is very sweet where Leslie returns to work and Ron is like there's a bunch of messages I don't understand and she sits at her office and it's snowing and everybody is there and she kind of just gets to work which I don't know why everyone is there when it appears to be dark outside but it's whatever. It's well, it's,
1: it's it's December in the very far northern part of the country so it gets dark pretty early
0: okay i mean that's right (laughs) i agree with you it just seems kind of odd you'd think that would be like a beginning of the day type thing but no it's a very like sweet moment i thought
1: or it's december maybe the sun hasn't come up yet
0: winter is depressing
2: (laughs) winter is coming
0: Um, no, you're just reminding me that there will be a time when I have to go to work before the sun is up and then leave when it's down. (laughs) Every year I forget that that's coming.
2: Yeah, seasons suck. It could always be 72 and sunny.
0: Listen, I said I would go to San Diego with Louis C.K. Don't yell at me. I am all in for this Southern California adventure, okay? Great. All right, we're doing it. (laughs) Sorry, Carter. See you later.
1: So long as everybody moves to beautiful Riverside, California.
0: The heart
2: of the Inland Empire. After we visit the OC.
1: Unless you're there to campaign against Daryl Issa, there is absolutely no reason to go to Orange County.
2: Well, there are three other Congress people to campaign against.
1: Yeah, but I dislike him the most.
0: Okay. Or to run Sam track. We have. Does anybody have any other notes? That was the end of my notes. I, I, I do
2: really like the scene with Leslie and April where... Or not well. I really like the scene with Leslie and Anne where Anne says to the camera how much she'd miss Leslie if she leaves and, and uh, Leslie's looking out the window and then turns to the camera and gives a big smile. It's a very good moment in their friendship.
1: Do you think that that's what Anne was really about to say? Or do you think she pulled the camera crew aside to gossip about the fact that Leslie just claimed that she knew how to surf and <laughs> says the nice thing to preface that statement, but then Leslie hears it so she doesn't go any further? Because that's how I kind of took that. Because the notion of Leslie surfing, where, where the hell would she surf? It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. There
2: are indoor water parks with wave machines. They're weird. Some people didn't grow up with the ocean. I pity them.
0: That's, that's super weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's about as bad of an idea as, like, a town in the Midwest putting together a giant, you know, skating rink as its main attraction or something like that.
0: So, if you want to write to us and tell us whether you would go to San Diego with Louis C.K. or not, you can leave us a review at facebook.com slash IcetownClowns. You can email us at icetownclowns at gmail.com. Tweet at us at IcetownClownPod, or just go to our website, www.icetownclowns.com.
1: So at the end of this episode, you'll have been listening to us talk about parks and recreation for almost 14 hours if you've been here from the beginning. And we really appreciate everybody who has let us know how much they like the show. You can tell other people how much you like the show by rating us on iTunes. It'll also help us go up in the rankings, grow our audience. And if you love Parks and Rec and you have friends who love Parks and Rec, please tell them to take a look at our podcast because I think they'd love it too. Next week, we'll be back to discuss the episode, The Setup. Uh, It is the 13th episode of season two, so please check that out before coming back here and uh, listening to our next episode.
2: You've been listening to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast about parks and recreation which we are approaching the end of, and that end is now, and although we leave to get separately this week, we know we'll wake up together next week.